One of my favorite moments in Roz Russell's Auntie Mame is when she teaches eight-year-old Patrick how to stir a proper martini. She teaches the boy that shaking the cocktail bruises the gin. <laughs> I love what you've done with the place. Books are so decorative. <laughs> I stepped on the ping pong ball. Sorry, please do not get too gay men talking about anti-man. It gets very sad after a certain moment. Anyway, as... It I'm... stays funny forever. <laughs> You could practically write a book about what happened to me. <laughs> anyway, the I'm the gin aficionado in this house, and I can tell you that I do prefer a gin martini stirred. Um, shaking it changes it. We'll talk about more what it does later, but shaking it changes it. And if you're a complete purist, you want that martini stirred. Hi, I'm Mark Scarborough. And I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. So today we're talking about cocktails, and um, we're talking specifically about the whole shaken versus stirred controversy, and we're talking about the classic drink, the martini, um, to make our point. Now, we should say that this whole mess started with James Bond, right? Because James Bond wanted his martinis shaken, not, not stirred. stirred. That was the whole thing, shaken, not stirred, because originally martinis were always stirred. Right. And he screwed it all. Well, he did, and I think it had to do with 50s cocktail culture and 40s cocktail culture and a kind of cool thing. No doubt, no doubt about it, that when a bartender fills a cocktail shaker with ice, puts stuff in it, puts the lid on, and shakes it, it's very sexy, right? It's oh, very, it's, it's a gorgeous sound. It is one of my favorite sounds in the world. Right. You know, we were... We've just been hiking across Canada, well, at least across the Maritimes for a bit, and uh, we went to a few bars, because after a hike, you need a bar, and the Germans have it right, don't they? They put the bar at the end of the hike, like when you hike Yeah, up. but all they serve is beer. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the I, we could go back to Ross Russell and Mame real quick right here. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we went to a couple of bars, and the Bartenders seemed to be afraid of shaking the drinks. Right? Yeah, I don't were, know what was with them at that particular bar. They were all like shaking them in front of their stomachs and barely doing it right. Then you gotta get it up in the air and like do the samba. And I know. The salsa. And it's it's a really gorgeous sound. It's a very sophisticated moment, and you're making a cocktail. And I think that was the bond thing, is the sophistication. But in the end, you shouldn't shake a martini. Okay, but before we even get to the details of why and what happens in okay. that shaker. I need to rant. Okay. I need to rant about the word martini. Oh, you, this rant is going to be fine by me. Martinis are gin drinks. Preach it. They may or may not have vermouth, depending upon if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, I know. People are into all kind of lifestyles nowadays. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can preach so, with the vermouth lifestyle. If you ask for a vodka martini, you're not asking for a martini. You're asking for a <laughs> vodka martini. It's a different drink. It is a drink of its own name called a vodka martini. It's not, so you can't say, I like martinis, and then ask for a vodka martini. I, I loved, I adore gin. <laughs> Mamie, do you like Chan? I adore Chan. Good, we'll get other cards to play at your hands after dinner. <laughs> it's never going to stop at the Ross Russell. <laughs> um, so anyway, I do. I like Chan a lot, and I like a Chan martini a lot. And yes, I do put vermouth in it. I don't put much vermouth. I like a dry, dry martini. Yeah. But um, Some people do the whole thing with a spritzer, and they no. spray it in. No, Some people rinse little. the glass out with it and throw it out. That's what... Roz Russell teaches I know, Patrick and th that's a nice thing, actually, as long as you're generous with your rents and you're not too crazy about throwing it. I like a little vermouth, a little yeah. vermouth, but the point, really, is the gin for me. And, you know, I mean, look, this is all purist stuff, and I, Bruce is one of those people. 
Yes, where is this going, dear? One of those people who doesn't like pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> I don't like pumpkin spice anything. <laughs> you know that, like, Thomas has just put out pumpkin spice English muffins. Okay, what you know, the hell is that? You know what? Life is hard. And people get it's harder if you're forced to eat pumpkin no, spice bagels. No, life is hard, and people get their joy for where they do. So if you like a vodka martini, that is just fine by me. Just oh, yeah. don't ask me to drink it, and don't call it a martini. Yeah, well, all right, that's <laughs> call all. You can have anything anyway, you want. Whether you like a martini or a vodka martini there or whatever it is, sense. Um, the shaking and stirring is the controversy. Okay, so let's go to the actual. What is going on inside that shaker, Mark? When you put in. The gin and the vermouth and the ice and the shake. What's going on? Well, two things. Actually, two things are going on. One, you're accelerating ice melt. So you're actually watering down the drink a bit. And two, you're aerating the gin. And this is the big problem, is that you're taking all of those fabulous botanicals that a distiller has worked to put inside the gin whether it's juniper or a whole list of botanicals. We were just had a tasting at Cold River, uh, which is our favorite vodka, right? Mm-hmm. Potato vodka. Potato vodka. In May, mm-hmm. uh, we pa- were passing by and we just stopped at the distillery and it, and <laughs> bought a case of vodka. And they're making potato gin. And we found out they're making potato gin. And they're making it with orange peel and lemon peel and cardamom. Lots of botanicals that they're making with uh, as well as the juniper. So m- my point here is that you're taking all those botanicals that are the gin has been rested with to give it that flavor, and you're putting them up in the air. And there is really no point in volatilizing them, right? In putting them up in the yeah. air, they need to stay in the drink. Yeah, you're you're kind of killing the flavor a bit through that, through, as Mark said, over-diluting it. Yeah. And even worse, as you aerate it, the drink gets cloudy. It does. And there's nothing worse than a cloudy martini. And I'm not sure the science mm. behind this, but I am convinced it changes the, and here we go, mouthfeel of the drink. Sorry, I didn't mean to get pornographic. But I think it changes <laughs> That's a culinary word. the mouthfeel of the drink. Well, it does. And the big, well, the biggest reason the mouthfeel changes is from the dilution. I think that's right. Because you had this beautiful, thick, almost syrupy, because we like to keep our gin in the freezer, um, bottle of fragrant alcohol, and then we water it, overly water it down by shaking it, and right. it's going to taste thinner. It's going to be like weak coffee. It's right. like the difference between having a nice cup of espresso and a weak thing of drip coffee. Right. I think that's what shaking it does. So, so shaking a drink aerates it, and it clouds it up, and it can dilute the drink, and that's all. So it's really that easy. That That's really the answer. And it's it? really not, as we say, rocket surgery or brain science. Um, it, it, here's how you think about it. Drinks that should be shaken, this is a general rule, and there are exceptions, but in general, drinks that should be shaken have cloudy liquids in them. A drink that, like a margarita, has a cloudy liquid lime juice mm. in it, and so it gets shaken. Um, citrus juice, sour mix, all these things are cloudy. Now, I know that there are some people who claim a margarita is better stirred than shaken, but Classically, one thinks of these as the shaken drinks. Yes. The fruitiness, that lime juice is powerful stuff. It needs to be watered down by the shake. It needs to be diluted down. Yeah. So that's a good reason why you do shake them. So shaking them isn't going to alter the way those things look. Right. Because they're they're cloudy going in and cloudy coming out. And if you do stir them, you can. That sounds medical. (laughs) Cloudy coming in, cloudy going Mm, out. Yum. Um, so you yeah, you could stir them, but they're not going to be as good stirs. Okay, so let's get back to the, the martini at hand. Um, they're both made with clear booze, right. maybe a little vermouth. 
which is also clear booze, right? And they're also, you don't want a martini, as you already said, but I just want to emphasize it. You don't want it to be super cold. You want it to be a little cold. Right. Um, you know, not not like, wow, look at how cold that is, like a big glass of iced tea in the South. Right. You want it to be, and this is, may I say, this is my other pet peeve. So since Bruce got to be a purist, I get to be a purist, is that I despise the giant 64-ounce martini or whatever, the the giant the martinis. The fishbowl martini glasses. Or, I don't even like eight ounce martinis or six ounce martinis. Yeah. Those are way all too big for Three me. Three ounce glasses are perfect. You don't fill yeah. them all the way up. Yeah. And they are perfect. They are perfect. And because you get a, you get a nice drink, you can drink it before it warms up. Yep. And also, just to be honest with you, I love gin, but I don't want to be hammered every night of my life. And you don't want to be hammered in 10 minutes. It, right. The old idea that three martini lunch, oh that how did people work afterwards? Because they were only having... The three-ounce right. cocktail glass. That's they right. weren't having a 10-ounce cocktail That's glass and right. having three of those. That's There's right. one of those, and you're under the table. Okay, so now we've gone through this whole thing and probably beat the horse before it was even <laughs> dead. We were beating the live horse and now the dead horse and more than the dead horse. How do you beat more than a dead horse? Anyway, we're going to do it. So now You put question, it to a food mill? <laughs> the question is how to... That's from another podcast. So we're going to talk about how to do this properly. So Bruce has a tall mixing glass. Now, you can use, honestly... The, don't tell your friends, but you could use a Pyrex measuring cup for this, right? You, you don't. Could. I mean, this is a nice. No, you want to use the beautiful, uh, tall crystal martini lovely. pitcher it's with lovely. a giant glass stir. It's lovely. When Bruce isn't here, I use the Pyrex. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not using the Tupperware. I would what consider it Queen Elizabeth drinking her warm gin at a Tupperware. I wish I were Queen Elizabeth. I got some <laughs> words to say to that Prince Charles. Anyway, so there's a few. Saying fast, she don't got much time left. <laughs> there's a few. Stop. Anyway, she's got a few ice cubes on the bottom of this thing. Um, if I were making this, I would put, um, Bruce did it, and it's about what I would do. I put four or five ice cubes in for one drink. I mean, not very much. You don't, you don't have to fill the thing to the top. No, the point is just to chill the gin down not right. to freeze it so he's putting in two ounces of gin after paying attention at home two ounces is a quarter cup so two ounces a quarter cup of gin um i will admit that when bruce is not here i don't use the jigger i actually use a measuring <laughs> we're back to the tupperware do you drink it with a flexi straw too <laughs> i i do um so a quarter cup, two ounces of gin. Please don't hate me. I know every bartender now hates me. And about, okay, this is a this is an eyeball thing, but I think I like anywhere between, oh, I don't know, half a teaspoon and a teaspoon of vermouth. That's a very dry martini. Right. Something along. A lot of people. Enough to taste it, but it's a dry A lot of martini. people do the two to one thing, right? The two gin to Some one. Some people for, like it almost, yes. If you're putting two ounces of gin, they want one ounce of vermouth. Right. Which would be two tablespoons of vermouth. That to me is too far and it's too vermouthy. So I just like a little bit. So but all that's gone in there. And you notice that was not very much a quarter cup in it. And let's say he put a teaspoon of vermouth. And now he's just going to take a long handled spoon and he's going to stir it up, right? Yep. And I'm just going to stir it a few times. Um, I'll start to see a little bit of chill on the outside of glass cocktail mixer I'm using. And this is it. I don't want to shake it. I'm being gentle with it. And okay. that's it. We're done. I should say, now let me have my purest moment here. Yeah. Even though I make them in a Pyrex mixing 
bowl and measure in a quarter cup of gin and ice and all that and stir it up. I do think that there's a difference between when I've used the handle of a wooden spoon to stir it and a metal spoon. No, you don't use a wooden spoon yeah, to stir it. I swear. I know. I don't want to be this bad of a purist, but I swear it gets a bit of a woody taste in it. And, and the marinara sauce that that wooden spoon <laughs> stirred earlier. Okay, and That wasn't the truth. But... <laughs> I, I, it's, I know it's fussy, but even if you just use a tablespoon or a spoon, a flat, an iced teaspoon from your, from your. I'm telling set. you, those tall 1950s glass martini pitchers came with glass stirrers. Well, they, okay, that may be, but I, I can tell you that the metal is better. So now that's it. All we're gonna do is now strain it. Now we have to strain it, and so when I use the Pyrex <laughs> with the quarter cup, I put a pot lid over it and strain <laughs> it by holding the ice back. Please. Is there a reason? And we're not opening a bar. Please don't judge me. But um, <laughs> I'm using a lovely cocktail strainer. That's lovely. And I'm pouring this into a glass, and we're going to taste this perfectly chilled, non-bruised gin martini. Okay, so I I got it in my mouth, and I like to sip it a little bit, and I like to hold it a little bit. It's because. Mm, I just took the tiniest sip, and it's in my mouth, and it's so fragrant, right? It is. Well, the, we made this with that potato gin that we bought at Cold, Cold River, River. Which no one can ever Maine. get. No one can get it here. So basically, no, when good. I say potato gin, it just means the alcohol they used as the base right. was made from potatoes. Right. So potato basically, vodka. it's potato vodka. They then infused with all the botanicals to turn it into gin. And it's just so smooth and there's no bite to it because it's triple distilled and their botanical right. blend is so herbaceous that if you breathe out after you swallow it you can get the hints of that citrus and of the coriander i mean i love the botanist i love really herbal gins i used to like boodles back in the day i but love boodles i don't even have boodles is around anymore yeah they still make it um anyway I, Poodles would be a good name for a dog. Um, <laughs> anyway, they, uh, I used to like it because it's very junipery. We do have a friend who visits us and on the holidays. And when he comes, he doesn't like my herbal gin. No. He always has to stop and buy a bottle of beef eaters. He likes beef eaters. And then we went to the store once with him. And <laughs> we went to get the beef eaters. And there was something called breakfast gin. By it few. Was, by the distillery. Yeah. Few, and it was 1030 in the morning. So he decided at the store to open it and swig it to see if it really was good for breakfast. Oh, <laughs> It's made with Earl Grey tea. And it is kind of astounding, the breakfast gin few. But... Can you pour it over granola? Now, sure. Mm. Why not? Um, you can New make... uses for gin. Mm -hmm. If you have a new use for gin, please send it to us. <laughs> and you can email us through our website, Bruce and Markham. We want to know what you're doing with gin. Yeah. So um, connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook under our own names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough. We're on Instagram under Bruce A. Weinstein or Mark Scarborough. And that's Scarborough, not Scarborough, Scarborough. Uh, we're on Twitter under our same original names because we, we've been around so long that we're on social media with our own names. Um, and of course we have a YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, which you can check out all our videos for cooking. And this podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, is available wherever fine podcasts come from. That's whether it's Apple, iTunes, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's iHeartRadio, wherever you get them from, subscribe and you won't ever miss an episode.